Welcome to your success tonic. If you're ready to explore what it would mean to step into your boldest, most exciting vision of success, then you're in the right place. Get ready for a power-packed episode of Success Tonic because today I have an amazing guest, Nicole. Nicole is an amazing coach who has helped countless high achievers ditch their perfectionism and start achieving their goals with joy. And she's here to share her wisdom with us. Um, So just to give you a brief intro before we dive in, Nicole grew up in the personal development world and she has an impressive track record of success, helping people overcome perfectionism and scaling up to six figures, cutting work time in half, hitting record-breaking revenue months, all of those things. She's helped her clients achieve that and more. And the best part is that her clients experience a greater sense of peace and fun, and they let go of that perfectionism. She, her work has been recognized in prestigious publications such as Thrive Global, um, the Self-Helpless Podcast, and The Mighty. So let's dive in to this fabulous conversation with Nicole. Welcome, Nicole. It's just such a pleasure to be here. You're a delightful human. I'm so happy to talk to you today. Oh, right back at you, Nicole. We always have the best conversations and it's always fun to hang out. We have so much in common um, and we are all both very passionate about what we do. And we're both recovering perfectionists. So, and we work with clients on similar goals, right? (laughs) We have so much always to dig into when we chat. So I love it. Um, So true. And I feel like especially you and I working with those people who are always like, uh, stretching to the next level, strivers is what we'll we'll call them yeah. for the sake of ease here. Like you know, people who have that as their personality, like they've built an entire personality, an entire world around being that high achiever, around you know always being the quote unquote best in the room, always being uh-huh. the hardest worker. And there's nothing. I want to be really clear off the bat. There is nothing wrong with that. In fact, that right. is one of the greatest gifts a lot of high achievers see. That. Where I come in though, however, is when it becomes at the cost of your mental health, your happiness, your joy, your ability to enjoy the life you're working so absolute gosh darn hard for. Mm -hmm. When that comes at the cost there, that's where I come in. And especially because that's always where perfectionism for high achievers is at play. Yes. Yes. It's sneaky, right? Because people who are driven like you and I, we, we, love to work you know we love our work and we love what we do and it can there is a there's there is that sort of delicate balance you know that tilt it can sometimes tilt to a place where it's no longer fully serving us um but you're right perfectionists do get a bad rap you know um and you know we we hear you kind of you hear that word and you think oh that's going to be someone who's like super type a they might be like really organized, the house is immaculate all the time, they're really put together, and there's kind of a lot of judgment coming at them. Do you find that as well? A hundred percent. So many people will enter my community, whether it's through my Instagram, my podcast, or even just like one of my programs, and they'll say, you know, 
I didn't think I was a perfectionist because I wasn't, you know, super organized. I'm not a super type A person. My house does not look, it looks anything but immaculate. (laughs) And yet from coming to your page, from coming to your show, from coming to your space, I learned that perfectionism goes so much deeper. And basically if I, I could boil down perfectionism into a very blanket statement, which obviously there's so many layers to it, but a very blanket statement, it would just be, I expect sheer, absolute 125% from myself every single day. And Mm -hmm. it has to be 125%. And by the way, a normal person, quote unquote, normal person would be like, you know, a good day is like a hundred. I'm feeling really good. Perfectionists say, oh, a hundred, I can go harder. I can go more. I can go longer. I can go whatever. Mm -hmm. And when we don't live up to that, which is most days, (laughs) we beat ourselves up. We say, oh my God, I didn't get so, 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 and so, and so done today. I'm not working hard enough. I am lazy. I am never going to make my goals. We talk horribly to ourselves, And if actually, I just, it, it, actually, I just heard a beautiful way of saying it, beautiful, maybe not being the correct term here, but a really good way of saying it recently mm-hmm. was strivers from perfectionism are basically self-hating themselves to the next level. Mm-hmm. They're saying, I can do more. Mm-hmm. I can go harder. I can do more. And I was like, oh, oh my God, it's so true. Because one of the things we work on, at least in my private coaching practice, is how are you talking to yourself up here? Yeah. Because it is not nice. It is not nice at all. Yeah. And a lot of people think that when we start talking kindly to ourselves, when we start practicing gratitude, you know, like all the things that quote unquote you should do, which by the way, would then push you to 135%. <laughs> a lot of the times we think that, oh, if I'm grateful, if I slow down, if I rest, if I so-and-so, I'm going to come, I'm going to become complacent. I'm not going to be as hard of a worker. And when we've built our entire personality around that, it like that does not compute. Right. And I'm here to say that there is not, it's not that black and white. Like a lot of people think that, oh, if I slow down, if I become grateful, if I talk kindly to myself, then I won't work as hard. And the opposite is entirely, it is so true. Like the opposite could not be more true here. When we talk kindly to ourselves, our energy goes up. When we are more grateful, our motivation gets higher. We have more energy to outpour throughout the day. And by the way, it's not self-serving energy anymore. It's energy for the greater good, which then boosts our, like, I mean, it's just, so I could go off on a whole TED talk about it, but like (laughs) that right there is why so many achievers forget that this work is just as important as the work that, you know, builds your business that makes you money, so on and so forth. Mm Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yes. And one of the one of the exercises that I have my clients do and that I do every day, it's like part of my self-coaching practice, is to write down and reflect on everything that I've done that day. So just just last week, yes. I had a day where at the end of the day, I was just like, oh, I, I still have all these things on the list I didn't get done. And I started to go down that road of like, Oh, I'm so behind. And what am you know, what how come I did I just didn't get through all this? So then I did my practice of just reviewing the day and actually noticing. I actually impressed my own self with how much I'd gotten done that day. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> yes. That much. <laughs> but that that's so true. That happens all and I have my clients do a very similar exercise. Yeah. That's so funny. But like that happens all the time because we, because of something in our brain called negativity bias, it basically just means I'm going to look at the bad way more than I'm going to look at yes. the good. There could be 90% of your life 
that is going wonderfully. Mm-hmm. But because we're so fixated on the 10% that's not quite there yet, our brain literally, because of this thing called the reticular activating system, deletes that 90%. That's yeah. going great because we're yeah. so fixated on the other 10%. And by doing stuff like that, by uh, my, my fiance and I actually, we do every night a um, little exercise called appreciations where it's basically just a gratitude practice. Mm-hmm. We say four things that we're grateful for. We say two things that we did do that day. And we say two dreams we have for ourselves and our, and our future together. And in doing that, it trains our brain throughout the day to start looking for, okay, what are, you know, let's, let's shift to the 90%. Let's mm-hmm. work more at the 90%. Yeah. And after, you know, good amount of a few years of doing this, my brain just automatically starts going to the, the yeah. 90. Now, yeah. does that mean I don't have days where I'm like, gosh, darn it, Nicole, you didn't get this one thing done. And it apparently was the determination of your success and you're never going to achieve. Of course, I talk <laughs> negatively to myself. I'm a human being. But right. now, and I'm sure you can relate to this, Natalie, like we have those tools mm-hmm. that can catch ourselves on them. And yeah. I know, oh, hey, that that's not Nicole speaking. That's perfectionist, Nicole. And we yes. do not subscribe to that behavior yes. anymore. <laughs> and, yes. and just by saying that, it just, it, it shifts your, your focus back to what really matters. And that is you being the quote unquote best version of yourself. And that's going to fluctuate every single day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's 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 it is so powerful to have these tools, which is why coaching is so so valuable, um, and and particularly for high achievers in in the context of our conversation, I think that there are tools that you can use to retrain your brain um, and get very very different results. So I am curious, Nicole, how did you come to be? in the coaching world and focus specifically on perfectionists? So like you mentioned a little in the intro, I am very fortunate to have grown up in a family heavily immersed, doesn't even seem to cover it, but very heavily immersed in the personal development world. Mm -hmm. Both of my parents worked for um, some of the top dogs. Like they worked for Tony Robbins for about 30 years. Like we were always attending seminars. We're always listening to audio tapes. And I just fell in love with that world. Mm-hmm. I fell in love with being at a seminar. I mean, I was like four and I'm just like, do, do, do walking through a seminar, you know, like just like taking it all in and seeing these people go from absolute sheer, you know, closing themselves off, being small, saying I'm not enough over and over and over and again in their head to making that switch to taking up space, to breathing deeper, to being like, oh my God, I am enough. I am enough. I am so enough. And through seeing this over and over again, I actually became a really good little study. I started noticing people's breath patterns when they were breathing deeper, when they were in that like, you know, um, uh, power state, I'll, I'll call it. And I started noticing people's breath patterns and, you know, their, their physicality when they were not so. So for instance, my dad ran ropes courses for Tony Robbins for a really long time. And wow. so as a result, my sister and I, we'd be like two through six, you know, we'd be climbing up these poles and like people who were in their forties, fifties, sixties were like, absolutely not. I cannot do that. That's too scary. And my dad would literally point at me on the pole and say, that is my two-year-old daughter. She is doing it. And while this is wonderful and amazing person, something clicked in my brain that day. And it said, when I'm extraordinary, I am loved. When I am extraordinary, I get attention mm-hmm. from this man who I want to be. Like, I love my dad and he is one of my biggest role models. And so 
that's been such a blessing and a curse, right? Because that was where my perfectionism went. Okay. (laughs) Like I see you, I see you being extraordinary. Now let's up it. Now let's get better. Let's get better. And through being a kid in middle school and high school, I was extremely bullied. I just became absolutely pummeled. I was in like a bathroom one day and just like beat up, called names. I will never say another soul in the entire world. And as a result, it locked in even further. It said, if you're your true self, people won't love you. You'll get hurt, in fact. So you have to be perfect for everyone else. So it was this horrible Venn diagram of, okay, being the best in a room, being a high achiever, being extraordinary, and also being the biggest people pleaser in the world. Yeah. And this Venn diagram held me back for like 10 years. It made me play small. I have very negative remembrances of my childhood because of this. Like, it's like, it really clouded a lot of my judgment. And it wasn't until I was in college Um, because the high achiever in me was still existing. I was at one of the top musical theater colleges in the nation. And I was sat down and told like, because your perfectionism is so bad, you're not going to be able to graduate unless you literally perform a miracle. And this was like the first time, and I'm sure you can relate to this. Like this was one of the first times where I was told like, you're not only not good enough, but you are going to get kicked out. You're going to get the boot because you didn't live up to the challenge. And like me as a high achiever, I was like, I'm sorry, the f- what? <laughs> like, yeah. that's not me. That's so not me. Right. And so I called my dad and I was like, I need coaching stat. He ended up being one of the master coaches for Tony. He was um, like coaching all of his highest level uh, people. He's really good at his job is basically what I'm trying that's to say. Imagine. And so I called him and I was like, I need, I need coach Baker now. And he's actually the original life coach Baker. And he coached me nonstop for about six, maybe even more upwards towards like six to maybe even 10 months. And long story short, not only did I end up graduating cum laude, which, you know, that high achiever in me, she still lived, but it was from a total place of like excitement of learning how to use my mind more so than my limiting beliefs. And in that experience, I learned how much I wanted to do this. I was like, oh my God, like fuck perform, pardon my French, fuck performing. I want to do that. I want to make people feel like that. Cause that was yeah. like the best feeling in the world. Yeah. And so I started my business a few years later and, um, ended up working with performers for a while, found out that that perfectionism mindset was really what I, I loved learning about. I could never stop talking about it. And clearly, and then, um, <laughs> here I am five years later. I, you know, I have a podcast. I have a very successful coaching business. We're almost constantly booked out. Um, I have a bunch of courses and everything. And it's just, it's, it it is truly one of those, like, I have to pinch myself every now and again and be like, Oh my God, (laughs) this is what I wanted for long. And here we are. But that perfectionist mindset, that's really what drove me to sitting here today on this, on this beautiful call. Oh, wow. What a story. Thank you for sharing it with us because that's an incredible journey that you've been on. And um, yeah, I know that people listening to this are going to be really resonating with what you share. So thank you for doing that. Of course. Um, I hope people can see themselves in like little, even just like glimpses or in multiple parts of the story because it's like so often, and I I think we might've talked about this on my show, like we can let our stories get the better of us. Yeah. You know, we can let, I, I love the quote, nothing in life has any meaning except for the meaning we give it. Yeah. And I could have easily taken meaning from getting bullied as a kid to 
mean that no matter what I do, I'm never going to be enough and just lay down and let the world kick you. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to lie for a while. I did. Right. And it was normal response. Yeah. A normal response to that. It was it. And you know, there's, there's a lot of internal work that I do still feel like my fiance and I were literally just talking about this last night. Like there's a lot of internal work that I still feel like I need to do around that time in my life. However, it's like, because I changed the story around it, I was able to see the 90% of how is this working for me? And to be honest, if anything, it's worked for me in a way of, I can be on shows like this, I can open up and talk about it. And people can be like, oh my God, I had that experience too. And that to me is more than enough of worth to go through this. Like, would I wish this on my worst enemy? Of course not. But if I can make it mean something bigger, not only for me, but the people around me, holy God, that is worth it times a million to me. Yes. Yes. I I resonate with that so strongly. It's very much part of my mission around why I started my podcast and what I'm trying to do in sharing my story because I know that uh, it makes a difference when we do that it makes so much difference and it can it doesn't have to be a million people to hear your story right it just even if it touches one person and they have that moment of like oh wow you know I'm not the only one having that experience or oh wow I can really step into another way of dealing with that I think it's it's really tremendously powerful thing to do so Nicole how would you um think about the um the the advantages of being a perfectionist We've talked a bit about the disadvantages, but what are the advantages? So I actually have a framework around this. And that is, I believe from the work I've done as a coach and from noticing patterns in my community, I believe that perfectionism is split into three different categories. A lot of people hear perfectionist and they think that's super type A, the house is immaculate, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But what I've noticed is that it's the high achieving perfectionist. We've beat this to death at this point. That is number one. Number two is the procrastinating perfectionist. And number three is the people pleasing perfectionist. Mm -hmm. And each of these have, I call them their superpower, you know, as cheesy as that sounds, but like each Mm -hmm. of these have their superpower and each of them have things that, you know, maybe hold them back from embracing that superpower fully. The high achiever is that striver. They're always dreaming big. They're always looking bigger. And people change the world with that attitude. I mean, we don't have to look further than basically a lot of people who started some of the biggest tech companies. Then, um, you know, like, I mean, Bernie Brown, I've, I've done a lot of research on her. She absolutely falls in this category. Um, some of like these people who change the world fall into this high achieving perfectionist status. Mm -hmm. And I do believe fully that when the high achiever is married with self-acceptance and self-love, they are unstoppable. Yes. But that second part is really important, right? We can get more into that in a second. The procrastinating perfectionist, however, is the person who, you know, like, let's say they have 45 goals they're wanting to go after at once. And by the way, that's not just a number I'm pulling out of my butt. I've literally been on calls with people who are like, I want to do this, 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 this. And I'm like, okay, let's write them all down. And it's 45 goals later. Wow. Like, okay, wow. here's the problem. Yeah. It's activating that overwhelm muscle in our brain, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And when we hit the overwhelm button, it's literally the fight, flight, freeze button that makes us go, Ooh, 
I'm my survival is being threatened. I am unsafe. I am being faced off with the saber-toothed tiger because our brains have not evolved that much since we were living in caves. And as a result, we procrastinate because what else would we do? It's literally our brain's programming. And so I always like to highlight that because procrastinators get such a bad rap. Oh yeah, They all think they're lazy. They think they're never going to achieve anything in life. And by the way, high achievers and procrastinators, not that different. Exactly. Procrastinate, or excuse me, high achievers procrastinate all the time. They just call it being too busy. That's a different thing. But yeah. um, when it comes to procrastinators, their gift is like, they are some of the biggest dreamers I've ever met. They have these goals in their life that set their souls on fire. And yeah, sometimes even more than the high achievers. I'll even say that. Yeah. Their issue, however, is just chunking things down and not feeling like they have to hit the overwhelm button. And that's the only way they can get things quote unquote done, which they never do. They procrastinate as a result. The third one, however, is the people pleaser. And this one's pretty straightforward. Their, their superpower lies within the fact that they care so gosh darn much. And I don't know about you, Natalie, but the world we live in needs a lot more people who care mm-hmm. and who deeply want to make sure everyone is loved, everyone is okay, everyone is taken care of. Now, it should never come at the cost of yourself. Right. which is where that that perfectionism comes in. There is a balance, and I've seen it work time and time again, and there is a possibility. But this day and age, we've never needed people who want and love and cherish others more. So in my opinion, yes, the high achievers, superpower, they know it, they live it, they, they pretend to only see that. Mm-hmm. With people pleasers, I really wish that they looked at that more. I really wish they knew that gift of theirs more Mm -hmm. because a lot of the people pleasers I talk to don't realize how big of a freaking deal it is that they care so damn much. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the challenge is to, you know, is to help them get out from under all of those 45 goals, right? So that they can go out and make a difference problem is that they bury themselves with all this stuff, this heavy energy, and then they can't go out and, and do the amazing stuff that they are so wired to do. So, yes, and that's think- why it's so satisfying to work with people who identify in this way. Well, I think that's why it's so important. And actually, there was just a recent study at, um, I think it was the University of Hertfordshire, Hertfordshire, yes, one of yeah. those, um, where they did a bunch of studies on human habits that are quote unquote good. So drinking a lot of water, waking up in the morning, exercising and self-love and compassion. And without a doubt, the ones that people did most were the first three. Basically the ones they did the least was self-love and compassion. Yeah. However, the people who did do it and the people who started doing it over the course of the study, they found that that had the biggest impact on their happiness. And so this like blew the minds of these scientists because they were like, oh my God, is this, is this the freaking key to Mm -hmm. happiness on earth? Like, I'm not saying that, you know, eating right, drinking water, sleeping, whatever, that those aren't important. Of course they are. We were at the point in science where duh, like, of course they are. However, if this one is the most important self-love and compassion, and yet it's the one all of us aren't freaking doing, 
Mm-hmm. That seems to be a huge gap. Yeah. And I don't know about you, but I think one of the biggest things that I heard, at least when I said to myself before I kind of like had this, you know, realization and dove into the research behind it was, I don't have time for that. I have too many goals. I have too many things I want to do. I don't have time for journaling. I don't, I don't have time yes. for so on and so forth. And it's like, well, make the freaking time. If this is one of the most important, not just scientifically backed, I've seen it now in my personal life tenfold. Yeah. My relationships are better. My clients get a better coach. My business financially and creatively does better. I am happier. I burn out way less if ever. All because I am practicing one simple practice. What could be more important than that? Getting hyphy, getting hyphy over here. Yes, (laughs) preach. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. Um, so do you have, um, a way of helping your clients handle making mistakes or receiving like feedback that they're not so excited about, um, when they do have these super high standards for themselves? Yes. And it's almost like a two-step process. So let's say this is actually a real time example. One of my clients recently, um, Uh, He's trying to like, you know, get into a morning routine that feels really good for him. That means like, you know, doing some exercise, doing some priming, you know, getting like the right amount of fluids in him and all that good stuff. And he had like a day or two where it didn't go to plan. Mm -hmm. And he sends me a message through our messaging app, which my clients and I use together. And he's like, I feel so ashamed. I feel like if I can't even do this What else can I not do? Like, you know, it's just like this really negative self-talk. And he caught himself on it. He was like, I know I'm talking really badly to myself, yada, yada, yada. And I was like, okay, what if rather than you trying to shame yourself into quote unquote being better into quote unquote getting it right, Mm -hmm. what if you fucking forgave yourself? And he said, what? (laughs) I was like, kind of like this, like, like a very like, oh my God moment. And We talked it through a little bit and he was saying, I never do that. I never forgive myself for making mistakes. Mm -hmm. I always just try to like do better. And I see this, this is not just with him. I see this all the time with high achievers. And the truth is, is that step one is always freaking forgive yourself. You are a human being. You're going to mess up. Yeah. Secondly, Ask yourself, okay, now that I'm in a more neutral state of forgiveness rather than shame, how can I learn from this experience? And that is so cliche. Everyone probably listening to this has been like, fucking heard that before, Nicole. But there's a reason. There's a reason we hear this all the time. And yet, a lot of us are just like, you know what? I don't have time to figure out what the mistake was. I don't have time to figure out what the learning lesson was. I'm just going to go on to the next big thing. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like numbing it and shoving it down. Yeah. And as a result, someday it's going to blow. Oh, yes. 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 Always. So like always, always, always forgiveness mm-hmm. and figuring out what can you learn from this experience and make a plan to do better next time. Make a plan to use that learning experience next time. Mm-hmm. So for bringing it back to my client, we realized that it was because he did something the night prior that caused him to sleep absolutely terribly. 
And we realized it wasn't even the root problem of his morning routine. It was a nightly routine thing that then we got to address and we just addressed the root of the onion. And then the next few weeks, I get messages from him. He's like, I've never fucking felt better. This is amazing. Like, And it was all because of that root issue that if we hadn't taken the time to objectively look at, mm-hmm. he'd be where he is still. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it, it's amazing when you you know, just take the time, like you've said, you've said a couple of times in this, um, you know, that we want to move on to the next thing. We want to avoid looking and we, we're just in a rush. We're, we're busy doing great things. But when we do take the time to review and reflect and, and work with the coach to identify, you know, what, what's actually the problem? Yeah, there's this problem, but then what's the real thing? You know, what's behind that? Um, then yes, we do feel better than we've ever felt before. We achieve more than we ever thought. So yes, thanks for sharing that, that story about your client, because I think that, you know, it's inspiring for sure. Yeah. So I was wondering before we wrap up, do you have a, any resources um, that you would like to point listeners to that could be of help to them? Absolutely. So First and foremost, I thank you for being here. There, thank you for having me here. This has been so fun. Um, for if if anything I said resonated with you, then odds are, hi, welcome. You're a perfectionist. It's nice to meet you. Um, I do offer free thirty minute calls, and these are no strings attached calls. These are where you and I are going to talk about your goals. We're going to do some actual coaching. You're going to leave with some next tactical steps. And we can kind of figure out what would look best for you going forward, whether that would be private coaching or whether that would be, um, you know, like you using some of these tools and then coming back in a few months. Like there's, I, I really do mean when I say there's no strings attached to these calls. They, I've had people literally go full-time in their business from these calls alone. I've mm. had people start a morning routine and I check in with them a year later. They're still going strong. Like these calls are magic. And I'm, I'm so, I'm so grateful to offer those. So those that's, that would be option number one. If you like my speaking style, I have a podcast. It's really fun. We have a very familiar face on the podcast recently. <laughs> Natalie was just a recent guest, um, which was a blast. And if you're wanting to know what type of perfectionist you are, you heard those three types, the overachiever, the procrastinator, and the people pleaser. And you're like, you know what? I want to do a little bit more research on these. I have a free quiz. You can go to lifecoachbaker.com forward slash quiz and take it. And it's like two minutes, I think. It's super, super short. But then you get a little um, deeper dive into your type of perfectionist. I also realized I didn't mention the link to access the discovery call, which is a free 30-minute call. You can go to lifecoachbaker.com forward slash discovery call. Nice and easy. And that's where you can sign up for the free, no strings attached call. Lovely. Thank you. Thank you for sharing all of that with us and for being here, Nicole. It's been such a pleasure. And of course, all those links will be in the show notes for anyone wanting to follow up and um, check all of those things out. Thank you. Thank you for being here, Nicole. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This is a blast. Hey, have you taken the Success Archetype quiz yet? If not, head on over to storytonic.co to take the quiz and discover how to leverage your unique profile to step into your next vision of success.